Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash boss. Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. Today, we are recording in front of 75 bosses live in New Orleans in a sweltering hot yoga studio. You gotta love the South for our 2017 New Orleans Being Boss vacation. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. All right, bosses, I hope the IRS isn't listening to this because I have a confession to make. I am really good at tracking my expenses, but I'm not the best at saving my receipts. I know, it's 2017 and we still need printed receipts. But get this, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting has made it easy. You can simply photograph your receipts with your phone, attach them to your expense, and be 100% legit. FreshBooks has a lot of features for tracking your expenses, including tax-friendly categories, multi-currency expenses, and easy-to-read categorization. Try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. Okay, so the last time we were in New Orleans, Emily and I, Emily and myself, what is it? Emily? Me and Emily. God. Okay, this is the best part about live podcast recording. Right? So we were in New Orleans together doing a photo shoot for our book. It was the best. It was the most boss I think maybe I've ever felt. Where We had like this full itinerary and like shoot times and places we needed to be. And a little bit of time to do some laying out by the pool. But, okay, here's the best part about these photo shoots. So we're writing a book that's coming out April 10th, 2018. Yeah! (laughs) You can pre-order it now if you'd like to help us out. But the funny part is we're doing a photo shoot, and before a photo shoot, we're like, okay, I'm not eating gluten for seven days, and whenever we get in, I'm not eating anything, And I'm not drinking anything. We are going to be sober. We're going to be gluten-free. I know, like two hours in and we're like, where's the biscuits? (laughs) I need a Sazerac. Right. I think I made it gluten-free for a little over 24 hours. I did. And then we go to um, this place called MoFo, which, love it. And... I made it all the way to dessert, and then they ordered dessert, and it looked so good. And guys, whenever I travel, I travel for food. For me, for me, 
I experience culture and places through the things that I eat, and America is founded on wheat. <laughs> Period. So And alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol. So um, I made it a little over 24 hours, and then at that point, done. I'm super thankful for Photoshop. I did Photoshop that. <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm just going to make us look pre-gluten. Like, this is not over the top. Right. Just remove my gumbo, baby. I came out of it like a little bustier. <laughs> but other than that, and maybe a little smoother. Right. So we were doing our Photoshop, the, or Photoshop, photo shoot. That too. The Photoshop came later. We're doing our photo shoot, and we go to City Park where they have these big, beautiful oak trees. And I had ordered um, smoke, smoke bombs. bombs. Because you've seen Pinterest. Smoke bomb photos are amazing. And we get there, and I found out something huge about Kathleen. I'm afraid of getting in trouble. I, and you wouldn't think it. I hate getting in trouble. Super afraid. Like, we almost, like, completely botched this photo shoot that we'd been planning forever because Kathleen gets cold feet about pulling the grenade-style smoke bombs Okay, and getting so them going. you have to, like, really hold on tight and, like, pull this thing. And it's really scary. It sparks. And then the most smoke you've ever seen comes out of this. So we pull the first smoke bomb. It's going, the wind is carrying it across City Park. And if you guys haven't been to New Orleans, or for those of you listening, City Park is designed by the same guy who did Central Park in New York City. So it's really beautiful, lots of trees, people laying on blankets, having picnics, maybe a couple overdoses. But it's just beautiful. And then all this smoke starts going across the park. And we can see people across the way. Like no, no, probably no. First, we hear people across the way oh, yeah. they're yelling scared. because they're there's smoke. And it's all in weird colors, too. So then Kathleen gets really scared. She's like, guys, we can't do anymore. We need to go. I'm like, no, well, then just I chill. see, like, a police car driving by. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. I'm going to jail. Right? But I feel like in New Orleans, there are worse things happening than smoke bombs. So next thing we know, the people across this little creek that's behind us that the smoke has floated across, they're having their own photo shoot with our smoke. So You're they're welcome. welcome. <laughs> so let's also talk about the place that we stayed. Okay. So we stayed at the Drifter, which is Sarah Becker Lillard's hotel. And she also was doing our photo shoot. And we did not know that this was like the party hotel. Right. It had just opened. I don't even think it had had its hard open yet. It had a soft open. They had just started having some people in. We may have been the first people to stay in our room. For sure. Possibly. And so, oh yeah, it was a little dusty. Love you, Sarah. Um, And so we get in there. And it was also the week of a music festival. We had had crazy downpours. I'd been stuck on my airplane in the New Orleans airport for two hours after I arrived because it was raining so badly. So this music festival gets rained out. It was Jazz Fest, like the music festival. And we get to the hotel and we hear that Tom Petty is playing. We may have made that up. (laughs) So we hear that like a surprise guest is coming to play at the hotel because Jazz Fest got rained out. So there's going to be like this pop-up show and it's going to be amazing. And Tom Petty, rest in peace, was playing at Jazz Fest. So I assumed it was Tom Petty and started spreading that rumor. And so Sarah Becker Becker Lillard texts Kathleen 
and says, I heard Tom Petty was playing. And I said, that's right. (laughs) And you guys, she owns this place. So, like, she's now feeling very responsible and freaked out that Tom Petty is actually coming and that their shit isn't organized. But it wasn't Tom Petty. It was a really fantastic artist called Boyfriend. So she's like this white rapper that looks 1940s vintage with her hair in like rollers and like a cone bra. But she's rapping. And it's fantastic. And we're sitting poolside, like front row seats, if there is front row seats, whenever she's dancing on a little gangplank across the pool, which was amazing. But meanwhile, people are like starting to jump in the pool naked. Is that kind of vibe? And you guys, I'm a rule follower. And like guys, my clothes are on. Kathleen was <laughs> Kathleen was freaking out about smoke bombs. You can only imagine what she was thinking when people start getting naked. And there was a guy there with a tuba that was on fire. And yes, yeah. yes, and he was playing along with the music, except not. And it was fantastic. Okay, so boyfriend is playing, and we were like, "This is magical. We never get to experience stuff like this because we're moms and we go to bed at ten, but we're there hanging out. Our friend Mac is there, and he's in the pool. And all of a sudden, we realize that there are speakers and cords sitting in about two inches of water, right next to our butts. And we're sitting in the water too. Our friend is in the pool. And so Kathleen and I just slowly get up. (laughs) And went to bed. And went to bed. (laughs) It was fantastic. Mac, did we warn you? Where did he go? Is he gone? Good, good, good. He left. Oh, good. Good. He doesn't know he almost died. (laughs) And we left him there. Um, So it was a fantastic night. It was one of those totally serendipitous moments where we're getting in to do this really big thing for our careers and for the book. We're doing this photo shoot. It feels totally boss. We get a surprise almost like secret performance by this super amazing, like crazy feminist. And I know that Tom Petty wasn't there, but I still feel like I made it real in my heart. It was Tom Petty ish. Maybe. Um, so we go to bed though. The party didn't stop until like 4am. So we're the moms laying in bed singing or thinking, not singing, thinking kids these days. So the next day, we're like, okay, let's just eat a little bit of gluten. Let's not overdo it. It's the last day of our shoot. And we go back to our hotel, and there's a little bit of a party happening, and it starts getting a little bit louder, but we're like, okay, let's go to our room and watch a show that will chill us out. And that's whenever we discovered the Great British Baking Show. (laughs) Have you guys seen it? It's incredible. It's a show about gluten. Of course it's incredible. One, you're going to be eating all the gluten after that show. So I've been watching it ever since, and I get like a bowl of my son's Teddy Grahams, because that's like the most gluteny sweet thing I have in my house, and I just eat a bowl. But I pretend like it's really fancy, like it's a cookie. Is that right? Biscuit. It's a biscuit. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, we're watching the Great British Baking Show, and it's so calming because reality contest shows here in the States, it's like drama. Like, people are creating drama over food that's not drama, or like just glaring at each other. At the Great British Bake Off, they're like, oh, let me help you. Oh, you accidentally used my batter? It's okay. Here, let me whip up some icing for you, too. Like, they are so kind. So it's feeling like really sweet and good, but then... We hear like some chatter outside of right outside of our door, right? Of some girls that are like, should, should we trip mushrooms tonight? 
Or no. And Kathleen and I are done. Like, by this point, we've been shooting photos for days. We've been kind to everyone as much as we can be. And we're super, super ready to go home, I think, by that point. But also loving the Great British Baking Show. And so I remember putting on my headphones, like my my beats, so, like, noise canceling as much as possible. I wake up in the middle of the night, like, taking the headphones off because I'm, like, sick to my stomach. Like, noise overload. All the noise outside, noise in my headphones. Finally get to go to sleep. We wake up the next morning and find out that Kristen Stewart was partying in that pool the night before. And we were moms. Aaliyah Shawkat. You know who that is? Broad City. She's... Okay. Or Arrested Development. She's the cousin in Arrested Development. They're outside of our door partying. May or may not have been the ones screaming about tripping mushrooms. I'm not going to say that. But But maybe. You don't know. We don't know. So we mom-lifed right through the party. Missed Kristen Stewart. And then went home. So that was our trip to New Orleans. Every time I come here, it is so magic like just the weird little things that happen or the people that we meet david and i met friends from back home on the road yesterday just walking by we we're like oh my god we know this person and stopped and said hey there's so many fun little things that happen i feel like hanging out by the pool watching boyfriend strut her stuff was one of those like pinnacle moments for me for sure of like this is where i'm supposed to be and i feel like i always have those when i am here and i'm so glad that i'm able to invite you guys to come here where hopefully you're having those fun little moments too okay so speaking of magic we made a little zine for our New Orleans attendees. And it was the most fun thing we have done in quite some time. Yes. Planning it, writing it, designing it. The sort of thing where no client specs are involved whatsoever. No expectations. Just complete and utter fun and a little bit of a budget. So if you are listening to this, if you're not live here with us, we will put a PDF of a tarot spread that we included in the zine. But for those of you who are with us here, we had one of our friends ask us last night, like there are no instructions. So this isn't a typical being boss worksheet where we like really spell it out. It's a little mysterious, but I just wanted to explain it to you all just a little bit in case you're tarot newbies or if you want to go buy your first deck and try it out. We did a little take action tarot spread. And so this is actually a spread that Emily created just for you all. And we want you to know that tarot, regardless of what you believe, and if you haven't listened to the episode with Bridget from Biddy Tarot, that's a good one to get started. Um, But this take action spread is really fun. So it is a seven card spread. And you're going to look at where you're at now. So that card, you'll lay it down, and that card will represent where you're at now. So each spot on the tarot spread kind of explains a different aspect that you're looking at here. So you're also asking your things like, where am I on my journey? And so if it's like the Ace of Cups, that might be that you're starting something new. Um, What hope is lifting me up? What fear is holding me back? What mindset should I cultivate? What mindset should I release? And what's the next action I should take? And if you guys didn't notice, the tarot spread is in an arrow, which I think is super cute. You're welcome. Good job, Emily. (laughs) 
So everyone needs to try that out. Yeah, and just to clarify, because I don't think you completed your sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. If you are not listening, or if you are not here live with a fantastic spread in your zine, you go to the Being Boss show notes for this episode, and that's where you can access. And that's at www.beingboss.club. Yes. Good job. Okay, someone sent me an email recently saying that she can't breathe whenever I say www. (laughs) So now I say it as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Because I always comment on how fantastically she says it. I wish my mouth would go that quickly. From the South, it doesn't. (laughs) Right. Okay, so what's next? Next up, we have some burning questions. Yeah, so Caitlin, where are you at? Hi, hi. (laughs) So we're going to do this episode a little differently. In a way, we've allowed you guys to interview us, which is fun. So we asked you guys to get together some questions. You also put in the Facebook group, too, correct? Facebook page? I did, yes. So I put this on the Facebook group and Instagram, and so we got some burning questions that people are curious about from you. Fantastic. And so someone else recently emailed us, and they didn't know who was who. So for those of you here, I'm Kathleen. And I would be Emily. And if you aren't here live, I'm the one with the curly, reddish, short Short. hair. And mine's long, sometimes straight, sometimes curly. We kind of, maybe it. we look the same. The end. Too. Kathleen's also like three feet taller than I am. We tag you guys on Instagram, so you guys look at the tags on Instagram. <laughs> right? We try it's to make there. it as easy as possible. But. All right, Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay, your first question. I love that you're busting out your NPR voice. Oh, yes. Or like your sexy yoga voice. I'll practice it a little more. I love Okay, first question. I can't, I can't keep doing that. Okay. <laughs> what are you most curious about right now? I want to go first. You go first. Okay. So, guys, I actually, one little announcement first. I don't think I've told you this. Maybe I have. I can't remember. What's about to happen? Right? As of this fall, I have been, air quotes, unemployed for 10 years. <laughs> 10 whole years. A whole decade. Of doing my own thing, which feels pretty boss, if I may say so myself. So I'm also really tired of business. Not running my own business, for sure. But sometimes I get a little tired of talking about business. Unless you bring up email marketing, and then I just go at it. I love it. like Facebook ads and like let's zone out. I like, I will gloss over in a second, for sure. So I have been very purposefully trying to learn about things and find interest in things that aren't related to making, which is something that I love to do for sure. I will just put shit together all day. Um, Or business, which I'm always learning and I will continue to learn, but I've been very adamantly trying to put my focus into things that are not related to putting things together or business. And the thing that I have found super interesting lately is living seasonally. And not just living seasonally, like I'm going to you know, wrap myself in a quilt in the winter and eat salads all summer. Like those things are very, very important for sure. But I've been super interested in the idea of creating seasonally and how our creative process attaches, it, attaches itself to the changing and cycles of the season. And I've been reading lots of good books and also, also just considering how I 
I've been creating for years. Because again, for a whole decade, I've been in my own cycles of creating and selling and business and all of these things. And so I have a lot of data, if you want to call it that, to look back on and see when it is that I'm the most productive and when it is that I feel the most creative, because those aren't always the same thing. And when it is that I just need to turn it all off and go in and really really rest up for the next cycle of doing things. So it's been one of the things I've been super into lately and doing lots of research and reading and my own like thinking on living, but specifically creating seasonally and how I can tap into that a little more to go back to finding significant more joy in the creating and business that my life runs on. Nice. And what about you, Kathleen? I mean... What am I most curious about? I've been thinking a lot. I listened to a lot of how I made, how I built this, that podcast. I'm obsessed with it. And I feel like the interesting thing that I've taken away from it is that being a great business owner is equal parts having good ideas that your potential customer needs, but also kind of being in the right place at the right time. I feel like there's this luck factor to it. And so I've been thinking a lot about how to cultivate more luck and to just continue showing up. But like, how do I evolve how I'm showing up? Because it used to be showing up was posting a selfie on Instagram. And how can I continue to evolve what it means to show up in different ways? Well, that's beautiful as well. I love it. Next. Okay. If you weren't a boss or creative entrepreneur, what would you be doing? I'd be taking a nap. (laughs) End. Um, Don't. I'm not going to drop my mic. Bad idea. Okay. Um, I would be a stay at home mom, like the Pinterest kind. The one that makes all the cute cookies gluten-free, of course. The one that has the most fantastic birthday parties for everyone I've ever met. And um, all kinds of, like, around-my-house crafts. Like, that would totally be me. David would probably leave me because Mod Podge. Everywhere. Um, but I think that's what I think I would just be a stay at home mom. I, I'm a homemaker and I work at home because I want to be at home cooking, not cleaning, um, sitting on my porch, doing all the things. And if I weren't run by business, I couldn't work for anyone else. Like, I really don't think I could ever, ever do that. Um, good thing I can be an entrepreneur, but I would be a stay at home mom Whenever I fantasize about being a stay-at-home mom, it always involves dropping my kid off at daycare first. (laughs) And then, like, going home and watching the Great British Bake Off all day long. Right? But I will say, if I weren't doing this as a creative entrepreneur, and so I'm going to throw you another question, what would you be if you were an entrepreneur but not doing this, or branding, so don't say that. Um, But if I were still in business but not doing this, I would be either, A, a very angry seamstress. (laughs) Because I love to sew a ton, but it makes me so mad. You can ask David. Last time I bought a sewing machine, he almost didn't let me buy it because he's seen what I'm like when I'm behind it. (laughs) For sure. But I love doing it. I love making things, and I'm coming to terms with it. Or... I would own a very fantastically curated boutique brick and mortar. 
and it would be great. Wait, so am I pretending I'm an entrepreneur not doing what I'm doing? Yes. So entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. I was like starting to go down into like a secretary fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I would love to be a personal assistant to like Beyonce. That would be a challenge. I like it. Um, Entrepreneur, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I think I would like to be a makeup artist for Beyonce. (laughs) If I was an entrepreneur not doing what I'm doing, I would be like Sir John. That's Beyonce's makeup artist. I would be his assistant. I know that's still... My entrepreneur fantasy is not being an entrepreneur. Okay, so we know most of your entrepreneurial history, but what's one non-work-related experience that totally changed or shaped how you approach business now? Um, so Tasha said America's Next Top Model. I did audition for America's Next Top Model. You can listen to our live from New, New Orleans. Orleans one for that story. But I would say... Honestly, whenever I think about a theme that comes up in my life that's non-work related, that has really shaped who I am in work, it was being voted most non-conformist 6th through 12th grade every year. One year they didn't do it, though, because I was getting picked on so much. They were like, maybe we should skip it this year. I was like, no, I like it. Um, But I think that... You know, everything that I do is through this lens of being who you are. And part of being who you are is figuring out who that is. And it changes every single day. So every single day I get to wake up and say, okay, who am I today? Is it Brittany or Beyonce? Let's make a choice here. Um, But really figuring out who you are and what you like and being enthusiastic about what you like and being brave in the face of, you know, being different So I think that those moments really did kind of shape who I am as a way to be proud of being a little different or having an identity around not being like everybody else. And so that's something I kind of carry with me all the time to this day. All right. I had a really hard time with this one. Again, unemployed, 10 years. I had my first business when I was 18, so 14 years. No, how old am I? 13. 13 years ago. Which was a tanning salon. Did you all know this? Okay. Good. If you want to hear the story, I've told the story on Tara Gentili's podcast. Feel free to go listen. Wait, what about being a beauty queen? Yeah, let's talk about that. Right? So I was, I was a childhood beauty queen. The one I was, when I'm actually going, when I was at one, I was actually, and I'll get to it in a minute, was having my kid. But let's talk about me being a beauty queen. Oh, yeah. Forget, forget that. Let's Um, talk about being a beauty queen. Right? So that one, that one was really huge for me for, I don't know, being a cute blonde kid growing up. You learn, and, and doing pageants at the time that I did them was not like those weird pageant mom shows. It was not like that whatsoever. But like, so don't are think you that's the not what's same age as? Maybe cut this out. Are you the same age as John Bonet? I don't. How old was she? I. I mean, six or seven. I started when I was five, and I went until I was ten, twelve. I'm like, it could have been you. It could. It wasn't. Okay, so it wasn't it like wasn't. that. No, it wasn't like that. So, I did. I was started doing pageants when I was five. Um, and I did them until I was 
probably 10 or 12. And, um, and I learned several really fantastic things while I was doing that. Like holding yourself, poise, holding Wait, your what? face. Holding yourself. Yeah, like, like, like you got right? this. Kathleen doesn't know what that means, guys. <laughs> um, but also the importance of those first impressions, which is something that you definitely bring into business. It made me understand the importance of branding, even though I wasn't the five-year-old talk- walking around talking about branding by any means. Um, but you also had to back it up. Like, you couldn't just be a pretty face once you got a little older. Like, when you're little, they just want you to be cute. Um, when you're older, you also have to give interviews and those sorts of things. So it wasn't just about being pretty or looking nice. It was also if you could carry a conversation and and have dreams and goals and those sorts of things. I did stop doing it because I found... Okay, wait, question. Yes. Well, like, whenever you were 12, were they like, what would you do to solve the Iraq war? Like, I always feel like they're asking these beauty queens, like, questions that not even the president can answer. Right. Well, first of all, you get the questions beforehand. So know that. You can, you can, you formulate your answers. And so usually moms would write them out and kids would recite them. That happens a lot, Um, which is fine. But, um, but it was about like, there was a lot of talk of world peace, yeah. as you can probably imagine. Um, and more like goals and what you, what you want to contribute to the world, which is a fantastic thing to get little girls to think about, for sure. So Wait, wait, wait. Did you have a special skill? Did you twirl a baton? Actually, I, I quit about the time they started making you perform. But didn't you have a dance? <laughs> no. I danced. I did dance, like, when I was a kid. So I quit doing pageants. Like, could you show us? No. Will you? Yeah. I know. I know. Right? So I did stop doing pageants, though, because I had so many other interests and because they were getting pretty odd. Um, But I I learned... Like how? (laughs) Like... Okay, I'm just kidding. You don't have to go there. Like, watching little girls cry... Over, like, that was probably the biggest lesson that I learned was you don't cry because you lose. Like, that you go on to the next one. And I remember my mom, like, holding me afterwards and, like, pointing out the girls that were, my mom was shaming these little girls probably, pointing them out and saying, like, you know, you're never going to do this. Like, this is not how you behave when you don't get what you want. And those are really powerful lessons to me, watching these other kids sitting around crying because they weren't the prettiest. This is some weird shit to talk about, guys. I feel like, meanwhile, little Kathleen is, like, watching herself cry in the mirror. Right? To, like, perfect how that looks. She wants to be the prettiest crier, for sure. <laughs> but no, that was that was some really really good stuff for me. And like looking back on it, I, Lily is not a pageant girl. I have not put her, and I will will not because there it's definitely a whole other world now. But I learned things doing that between how to carry yourself and like a little southern girl. I don't know how to walk around and. <laughs> It wasn't taught to walk, apparently. Um, Or hold yourself or present yourself in ways that are fantastic. Um, But I did learn how important those first impressions were, how important it was to follow up first impressions with some some goodness and the ability to have conversations and deliver on something other than your looks, which is all things that come into business, and how not to cry when you fail because crying isn't always cute. Um, I cry every time I fail. 
an evil one or I don't. But this, like, explains so much because, like, we'll come into a meeting and I'm like, Ugh. And Emily's like, no. Basically. Now I know. Thank you, beauty pageants. And I just get closer to the webcam. I'm like, look. <laughs> she really does. She really, really does. <laughs> But the next one would be having my kid. And after having experienced entrepreneurship previously, after I had my kid, I knew that I was going to not work for someone else. I was going to run my own business. I was going to do it on my terms. And I was going to do it in a way that supported the life that I wanted to live, which was me staying at home with my kid. Um, And it shaped the way I do business in that I am here for profits because it is business. But I'm not here only for profits. I will let profits go for sure if it interferes with how I want to live my life life. And so for me, the big one, right? Sorry, Kathleen, you chose the wrong business partner or maybe the best one. No, I'm, I made that face because there's like now a, a bell chime right. going off. Church bells. Church because bells. Because this is a big moment. Guys. Because preach. Right. Um, so for me, those two big things, pageants all day and then having my kid and knowing how it is that I wanted to live my life and make money in a way that supported it, not interfered with it. I love my kid, too. (laughs) I'm just like, sometimes I imagine Fox listening to, like, all these episodes. Like, if I, like, die in a tragic plane crash, and he's like, I need my mom. And then, like, you're like, my kid changed my business. And I'm like, I don't know, Britney Spears. (laughs) Like, I just need him to know that I love him, too. Okay. Next. All right. Because we're in New Orleans right now, what tarot card do you feel currently describes what you're going through as a boss? Strength. So the strength card is a major arcana. Is that how you say it? Arcana? I'm looking at Amy Kretzky over here. So strength is the major arcana, and um, it, it shows the photo of a woman. In some decks, she's, like, prying open the jaws of the lion that she's next to, looking into its mouth. Um, in a card that I pulled with my blue-haired tarot lady yesterday, she was, like, kind of petting the lion. And I was talking to my favorite friend, Liz, about this last night when we had our tarot reading together. And I definitely have this, like, I do what I want philosophy all the time. And I was, you know, thinking of the lion as, like, an external force that I need to you know, what was iron fist, velvet glove kind of situation and in getting what I want. Um, But as I was talking it through with my friends, realized that it's probably more about controlling my own do-what-I-want impulses and really maturing to this next level of bossness. Um, So that would be mine, strength. I like it. I have three. So the first of them is the Eight of Swords. And if you guys are familiar with the Wild Unknown tarot deck, it's like a butterfly in a cocoon with all these swords poking up at it. Quite often, I feel like that beautiful little butterfly hanging out of there with swords poking up. And especially in a certain project we find ourselves in at the moment where I have to sort of protect myself and what I believe in and the values that I hold true. And meanwhile, I'm petting a lion. And meanwhile, Kathleen's in there. Here, Sorry lion, we're being so cryptic. We'll tell you more later. Right? So sometimes I feel the eight of swords, um, but I'm coasting right through it. 
I'm protected, and I'm perfectly fine. This week, I'm feeling the Three of Cups, right? Which, if you guys don't know, um, I'm thinking particularly one of my favorite decks is the Botticelli deck. I've seen it around the quarter in case you guys are interested in looking it up. It's a good one. Three of Cups is, um, is from... It's inspired by Botticelli's muses. And so it's like these three ethereal women dancing around with a cup up in the air. And I feel like those women these these days. Like we're in yes, New Orleans. Bosses. Partying it up. Yes. Our cups raised. Dancing around like a bunch of nymphs if we need to be. Why not? Or muses. I would love to inspire any of you with my cup dancing. Yes. Yes, yes. I know. I feel like Amy needs to just come up here. and Right. Okay, okay. You can interpret our cards for us. I'm like, can you tell me what you think strength means for me? That's actually usually what I do, which is the cool thing about actually that sisterhood and getting together with your girlfriends and your business besties and whoever else to kind of talk these things through because it is a collaboration and you start to see so much more insight even to your, into yourself by surrounding yourself with bosses. Okay. Sorry. Three of cups. Three of Cups. And then finally, The Magician, which I always feel like I'm around here making something out of nothing. (laughs) Or at least taking the experiences that I've had and forming them into something that I can share with all of you guys. And taking action every fucking day to make all of those things happen. So for me, it's those three. I love that. Oh, I forgot that Caitlin was asking us questions. Is that it? No, I have one one more more question for you. Perfect. And finally, what makes you feel most boss? New Orleans. (laughs) Amen to that. Right? This is my favorite thing that we do, and everyone's been asking us while we've been here, what's your favorite part of New Orleans, of the city, of whatever? And it's really just getting to hang out with all of you, like going and getting po'boys in the back of a shady bar late at night or... I don't know. We're having so much fun. It's going to be so awesome. And just getting to see you all in real life. I feel like so much of our lives as bosses happens online. That is really just so good to connect face to face. And we're constantly trying to bring that vibe to what we do online. Um, This fuels us for the whole year. So you all being bosses makes me feel boss and being here together. It's just the best. I completely agree. I want to add a non-work-related experience that's added to my business, and that being the first couple of times that I came to New Orleans, because God knows that has affected my business life in so many ways, from having vacations be a part of what it is that we do and how it is that we connect with the people that that connect with us, um, but also in that we featured this city in our book in every way that we could. Um, so I would say New Orleans has definitely been um, been a huge part of how it is that I've done business, and it all started whenever we were in college. So I lived in Mobile just a couple hours from here for several years as we were going through college, and we came to Mobile or we came to New Orleans a couple of times. I came here the Mardi Gras before Katrina, and I was here about a year afterwards. And watching what this city is capable of doing has definitely been really huge in how it is that I see hope and the ability for people to grow and change and heal and has absolutely been 
a huge factor in us choosing this place as the unofficial home of being boss. So I just had to throw that in there because being here with all you guys does have a very special place. And not only the work that I done, I have done, but the life that I have built for decades. New Orleans has played a really huge part in that. So thank you guys for being here. All right. Wait, now I have to actually share mine. Okay. Because I was just piggybacking I off know, of yours. I love it. Um, so what makes me feel most boss is not only being here with you guys, but the life that I've built in general, that, or the life that my business has afforded me. And though like going to work and getting cool emails and doing a book and all of these things make me feel boss, what makes me feel most boss is closing it down at the end of the day traveling wherever I want, being able to connect with people around the world, both for business and not business, um, and being able to pull it all together. I see so many entrepreneurs who are busting their ass and doing all these things and have a sucky life and no friends and no family and no relationships and no fun to speak of. And that's not me. And I don't see that as you guys either. And so being able to build a life like this makes me feel super boss. And I love that I'm able to share it with you guys in a way that hopefully inspires you to not fall into that really gross entrepreneur trap that you have to hustle, hustle, hustle and not live a life. You can you can look at your profit and revenue and all of those things and choose happiness, not over them, but in conjunction with them. And so for me... My life, including being here with you guys, is what makes me feel most boss. Amen. Can I add one more thing? (laughs) Of course. Well, okay. So I have a bone to pick with, like, chasing happiness because it doesn't really work for me. But what makes me feel most boss is being capable. And so just making sure that I am chasing my skill sets that make me feel capable. And then as a byproduct of that energy of creating things, that's what makes me feel happy. I don't know. I just, I've, I've been thinking, I've been curious a lot about happiness lately. So. Woo woo. <laughs> And we definitely want to send a shout out to all of the awesome boss swag bag contributors. We've got Shopgood for the totes. They're at shopgoodokc.com. Metalmarvels.com for the boss as fuck bangles. Lovelightandlegacy.com for the I Am Power Oracle deck. Oliveandcopaper.com for the custom illustrated journals bohemianmint.com for the watercolor map of New Orleans, simonandruby.com for the hammered brass ring, soymuchbrighter.com for the intention candle, incompany.co for the custom NOLA postcards, at31.com for the headbands, newmoonpapergoods.etsy.com for the enamel pins, commit30.com for the planners, and chipperthings.com for the flowchart prints. We have gotten so much amazing feedback over the years from listeners about how our podcast has helped them start to grow and uplevel their businesses. So we want to celebrate you. Here's the boss we're celebrating this week. Hi, my name is Melinda and I'm being boss. My business partner, Melissa, and I own a wellness, fitness, yoga studio at www.thrivewellnessnh.com. And this week, we are celebrating our studio expansion to our brand new brick and mortar home. We've conquered the fear, ate all the frogs, and made the leap into the unknown 
with the help of being boss. If you're feeling boss and want to submit your own boss moment or win, go to www.beingboss.club slash I am being boss. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us and you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brain. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our Bean counter, David Austin, with support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work. <laughs>